Thank you, Allie. That was beautiful. And thank you to all of our musicians here today. And Lewis in the sound booth, thank you for making worship possible. Because I'm really glad to be with you all today. Welcome on this Sunday morning. We are growing in number, and it's really wonderful to have some new faces back. So great that Pastor Sherry's making coffee out there. So stick around and say good morning. A special welcome to those on Zoom today. We're glad that you can join us from whatever corner of the world you find yourself in today. Um, we, we wish you the best, too, and glad to be together. So we welcome all of our special guests and visitors today as well. We're glad to have you. Please reach out and say hello to, to us. Uh, pastors, there's three of us on staff here. Um, so we'd love to welcome you and learn a little more about you. So join me in our invocation today. We gather today. Oh, please rise. <laughs> Thank you. We gather today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we come to you from different places in our lives. Some of us come with joy and excitement, while others of us come with worn out bodies and souls. Some of us come hopeful, while others are sad and worried. Some of us want to feel closeness and community, while others are afraid and feel distanced but still we come. Gather us together as one people of God, united in your love and care. Fill us with your presence in our worship so that we may go out and spread your peace, kindness, compassion, and love to all who we meet. Amen. Join me in the promise. The past two years have felt heavy, divided, and difficult. Yet in the middle of the stress of life, you make us a promise that nothing can separate us from your love. Our hope, therefore, remains in you. Let your mercy, grace, peace, and wholeness be with us in our worship today. Give us comfort, strength, and love as we live with you by our side. Then send us out daily to love, forgive, and care for all people. Amen. A prayer of confession helps bring to mind the ways in which we have sinned and been distant from God. Confessing these sins allows us to repent and be forgiven. Together, in community with our brothers and sisters, we come before God, acknowledging our sin with full awareness of our need for mercy and forgiveness. Merciful Lord, we come before you today knowing that we have not shown up in all the ways we could have. At times, we have lacked courage, energy, and empathy when you asked us for love, action, and compassion. We have clung to the things you have asked us to give away. We have judged harshly those who think and feel differently than ourselves. We know deep within us when we have put our own desires before others and when we have been indifferent to anyone's needs but our own. Forgive us, God. Restore in us a desire to love and care for your people. Send your Holy Spirit to fill our minds, our words, our eyes, and our hearts with the love you have for all people. We give thanks for this time and this community to be honest and real with our truths, 
We ask for your forgiveness and mercy to renew us, guide us, and lead us. In the spirit of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us pray the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, Jesus washed the disciples' feet as a sign of service and compassion. Remind us that you also wash our feet as an act of love. Remind us that your love is everywhere and available to us all. And when that love has filled our hearts, let it overflow into the lives of others as we wash each other's feet. Amen. You may be seated. And little ones, come on up. Pastor Scott wants to hang out with you up on the steps here. Come on up, guys. I think this is going to work out perfect. There's three of you, and I need three volunteers today. All right, I need some help first. Can you each uh, grab one of these pitchers of water and put it down on the floor by us down here? This is going to be so dangerous. All right, come on, guys. Put them right down here. All right, thank you. I got lots of towels for us this morning, <clears throat> just in case. Uh, so, all right, um, we're going to tell you a little story, and we're going to sort of act it out. And so I'm glad there's three of you, because let's see, I need a Jesus. Who wants to be a Jesus? All right, you're a Jesus. Jesus, I need you to put this on for me. You just stand up, and I'm going to tie this around your waist. It might take a few times. You're... This is my belt, which is going to be a little bit big for you. All right, hang on. Let's see here. Three times around. Boy, that makes me feel good. All right. <clears throat> All right, there we go. Tighten it up. Okay, good. That's right. All right, good. 
right there. Nice. All right. Good enough. Okay, Jesus, you can sit down. Now I need a Judas. Either one. I think we'll pick you. And then we need a Peter. Will you be my Peter? All right. Thank you. And I'm just going to be a random disciple, okay? All right. So here's the story. We're going to act it out. You guys want to stand up? I'm going to sit down. Uh, So here's what happened. Jesus and the disciples were all having dinner together, and it was before the Passover, so not the Passover yet. In fact, they're eating up all of the bread in the house because you can't have any uh, bread that has any yeast in it for Passover, only unleavened bread. So you've got to eat up all the bread the night before. That's what they're doing. They're having dinner. And in the middle of the dinner, uh, Jesus got up from the table, and he took a towel, and he tied, tied it around his waist. Now, I don't know if Jesus was as skinny as you, and I don't know how you get a a towel tied around your waist, but we're going to do this, all right? Okay, got the towel, Jesus? Good job. Then, Jesus took some water, and he poured it into a basin. You want to help Jesus pour the water in? You can each grab your pitcher and pour it in here. Excellent. Nice work. You want to grab that one? Thank you, Peter and Judas. You want to pour a little water in there? Great. And then you can put your... Oh, geez, careful. All right, good. Put, the, put these up here. And then uh, what Jesus did is he, oops, he told the disciples to take off their shoes and socks. Yeah, uh, yep, shoes and socks off, everybody. Ooh, ooh, that's not a good morning. All right, everybody, shoes and socks off. How do you feel about that? Not very good? Not very good. Me either. I did take a shower this morning. Okay, shoes and socks off. And then you know what Jesus said? Everybody put your feet in the bowl of water because I'm going to wash your feet. Okay, come on over, everybody. Feet in. Ready? You don't want to do this? It's so gross. All right, Judas, put your foot in there. All right, towel. You want to wipe off our feet? Come on now, wipe off my feet, please. No, no, please, you have to, Jesus, wash off my feet. Thank you. Oh, good job, thank you. How about these guys? You got to wipe off their feet too, they're all wet. And when Jesus got to uh, Judas, who would betray him, you know what he did? Nothing, he just washed his feet. But then when he got to Peter, Peter said, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. Can you say, don't wash my feet, Jesus? He said, you're not going to wash my feet, Jesus, because I should wash your feet. But Peter didn't actually wash Jesus' feet. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, if I don't do this to you, you don't understand what we're up to at all. Can you say that to Peter? If you don't don't let me wash your feet, you don't understand what we're doing at all. And so then Peter said, then I want to be washed all over. I want to take a bath. Jesus, will you give me a bath? Uh, He didn't. Jesus said, no, Peter, it's okay. All we need to do is wash your feet. And then after they got done with dinner and they got done with having everybody's feet washed and they got everything dried off and they put their shoes and socks back on, Jesus said to the disciples, all right, guys, do you know what this was all about? And the disciples said, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They said, what? what is this all about? This is weird. We should have washed your feet, Jesus, because when you go to a party and you're having dinner at somebody's house, it's usually the servants who wash the people's feet, not the master. And Jesus said, 
I, the master, have done this to you, and so therefore you should do it to others. In other words, people who are followers of Jesus wash other people's feet, but not like really wash other people's feet, but like take care of them and love them and help them and forgive them. And it is one of Jesus' most important acts other than when he goes to the cross to die. All right? You guys did a great job, and we didn't make too much of a mess, and we got our shoes and socks back on, and now I think we should say a prayer. All right? Would you fold your hands and bow your heads and say a prayer? Gracious God, we give you thanks that you have washed our feet, and now we ask that that same spirit of love would fill us up so that we would go out into the world to wash the feet of others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A round of applause for our actors this morning. They were awesome. Thank you. Good job. You can head on back to your seats if you would. Let's just leave everything right up here. Perfect. reading today comes from John chapter 13. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel that he was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, no, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, 
nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust your word. Save us as you promised. We will trust your word. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears that we might hear a word for us today anew and that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's lots of confusing stories in the Bible, lots of stories where Jesus heals or parables or says things to people that frankly are confusing and difficult to understand. Lots of these stories stretch our imaginations and challenge us to think differently about ourselves, about who God is and how God is interacting in the world. And they force us out of our comfort zones. This story, I don't think, is one of them. To me, this is one of the most straightforward, direct acts of service and love in the entire New Testament story. As we've heard and seen, Jesus gets up from a table on the night before the Passover meal, and he washes the feet of his disciples. And if you think about these feet, these are not clean, modern, lovely, manicured, pedicured feet. These are disgusting first century, walking everywhere, maybe with sandals, maybe without, walking in the dusty, rocky terrain, of the Near East, and they are a stinky. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Jesus gets up from the table and takes these dirty, stinky, yucky feet, and he does indeed wash them with a towel. And then after he gets done, he gets up and he looks at his disciples and says, do you know what I've done for you? And he says, go and do likewise. And Peter, who is always the one who asks and poses the most obvious questions, says, well, then if not just my feet, then all of me. And the truth is, a little Jesus goes a long way, thank God. Peter kept his clothes on and he just washed his feet. This is at the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. To bend down in humility and grace and wash the feet of others. Stinky dirty, yucky, gross feet. No matter whose they are, no matter where they are, no matter what they asked for, we bend down and we wash people's feet. One of the most amazing things to me about having been a pastor here at Shepherd the Hills for all of this time is that almost every single time someone has asked Shepherd to bend down and wash somebody's feet, we have almost always said, of course. Whether it's the Blake Road Corridor Collaborative or the Cottageville Park Garden or Tapestry, our bilingual speaking congregation, or hosting a refugee family in our parsonage, helping build homeless uh, homes for children and youth, Shepherd has almost always said, yes. You have more often than not bent down and washed the feet of those in need. 
which is why I want you to grab this insert right now out of your bulletin, this one, the white one. I don't have to tell you there's a war going on in Ukraine, and I probably don't have to tell you that there are a lot of people who are walking a long way out of Ukraine to get out of the war. As of this morning, over two million people have fled. And if you look at this on the side with the little QR code down at the bottom, there's a picture of what I believe is an 11-year-old boy who was sent on a 750-mile journey by his mom with a cell phone number written on the back of his hand and a handwritten note in his pocket. And he took a 750-mile journey all by himself and ended up safely with his relatives in another country. I love the picture of him pulling the suitcase because if there are stinky, dirty, tired feet in the world, they are walking out of Ukraine to safety. I want you to take two seconds and take your phone out of your pocket. If you scan the QR code, it will take you right, right directly to the website through Lutheran Disaster Response, and you can make a contribution right now. And it could be $100, it could be $1,000, it could be $10,000. It will go to Lutheran Disaster Response, and they will make a gift to help refugees who are fleeing out of Ukraine with dirty, stinky, tired, war-worn feet. Just do it. Take your phone out. Do it right now. If you're at home, you can go to Lutheran Disaster Response, or you can write a check to Lutheran Disaster Response, and you can put it in the mail and bring it to Shepherd, and we'll pass that along. Please don't make the checks out to Shepherd of the Hills. Make them to Lutheran Disaster Response so that we know where they go. More often than not, the people of Shepherd, when these asks have been made of them, have bent down and washed the feet of others. And I don't know about you, but it feels awfully good to do that. I know you didn't like washing everybody's feet, but when we have the means, it feels awfully good to help those in need. When we share our resources, we share our voices, we share our time, we share our energy, it feels awfully good when we are able to give what we have first received from God. However, I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your life, it's awfully uncomfortable when it's the other way around. I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody to wash my feet. They stink. They're not pretty. They're quite ugly. And I don't want anybody to see them. I'd rather I left my shoes on. I'd rather be self-sufficient. I'd rather not be a burden to anybody else. I'd rather not admit my own vulnerability. I'd rather not admit that I was in need. I'd rather not admit that I was anxious or depressed. I'd rather not admit that I've gotten myself in trouble. I'd rather not admit that I need help and I can't pull myself up by my own bootstraps because, frankly, I can't find them. I don't know why but it's just a human thing that we don't like to ask for help. We don't want to feel vulnerable. We don't want to feel a need. We don't want to feel like we're a burden. Maybe we don't want to feel like we aren't self-sufficient anymore. But I'm sure if I asked your neighbor or your family or your friends if they would be willing to wash your feet, I bet you they'd say yes. And I bet you if we asked them, they would say they would be glad to do it. As you are glad to help those in need, I bet your friends and your family and your neighbors who know and love you, if you asked, they would be happy to wash your feet.
I thought recently as I was reading through this text about sort of just core Christianity, core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and we often say that our core is to love God and love neighbor. I wonder if this story doesn't add a third dimension. Let your neighbor love you back. Love God, love your neighbor, and then let your neighbor love you back. Now, I said at the beginning that I think this is pretty much a straightforward text. This is what we are called to do and who we are called to be. I think we're called to wash feet, and I think we are called to let others wash our feet when we're in need. There's one little interesting hitch in the giddy-up that caught my attention, though, and I don't know if you caught it when I was down here with the kids. It's Judas. I find Judas in this story to be really interesting. Because if you ask me, it's not Peter that should be the hitch in the giddy-up in this story. It should have been Judas. It's interesting that Peter is the one who stops and causes sort of a ruckus within the story because he says, well, if it's my feet, then all of me. And Peter, in sort of his enthusiasm, wants to just jump all in. But what is really interesting to me is Judas the betrayer, the one who will be the cause for Jesus' death and being handed over. And almost nothing is said about Judas in the story other than he got his feet washed too. I find that really interesting. The hitch in the giddy-up of this story shouldn't have been Peter, it should have been Judas. And yet, Jesus just bends down and washes Judas' feet just like everybody else. And I find that to be enormously interesting and fascinating. I think it's interesting in part because of the story previous. In the story just previous to this, Mary actually bends down and sort of anticipating Jesus washing the disciples' feet, she washes Jesus' feet. It's amazing how often in the story of John, it's the women who sort of get the story and get what Jesus is about intuitively before everybody else does. And she bends down and she washes Jesus' feet in an act of enormous love. And Judas says, why did you spill all that expensive perfume on Jesus' feet? We could have used that for the poor, but the story says he really wanted the money for himself because he was a thief. And in the story for today, it says over and over again that Judas is the one who is going to betray Jesus, and Jesus even knows it, and yet he still just bends down and washes Judas' stinky, betraying feet. What I find so interesting about this, and even a little bit freeing, is that one of the things that we often do is judge who deserves help or why they deserve help or put some sort of criteria on. If we give you this help then, it should have been Judas that caused a hitch in this giddy-up, but it's not. Jesus just bends down and washes Judas' feet. Same love, same care, same act, same compassion. And whether or not it actually takes doesn't seem to be of interest to Jesus. He just loves and offers compassion, even knowing that Judas is going to betray him. I find this really freeing and interesting. I don't know if you've ever driven down the road and there are people that are standing there asking for money and the things that run through your head of what they're going to do with it, I'm sure, like me, are multiple. And this story just indicates to me that we just share. We just give. It's just too much of a burden to determine who is worthy and who is not. And in this story, it seems to me that if Judas didn't cause a hitch in Jesus' giddy-up while he was washing his feet, then why should it cause a hitch in my giddy-up? 
we're free to love the neighbor freely, to just simply give and share. It, it feels like a release to me. Not only because then it frees me to love my neighbor, it actually frees me to recognize that God loves me in the same way. And that's pretty amazing. I guess in Jesus loving and forgiving, it's not about what happens, it's about what could happen. It's about sharing that love and hope no matter what. And there's part of me that needs to know that Jesus washed Judas' feet because Jesus also washed mine without merit, without deserving, as uncomfortable and stinky as my feet are, I need to get what Judas got to. And I think sometimes this is actually the hardest part of faith, that Jesus is for us, all of us, all of us, all of us. Maida Stamper, uh, one of my favorite commentators uh, on the New Testament, puts it this way, how hard it can be to accept that we are Jesus' own, that we are already clean, and then to accept that we are always with him and he is with us and that God continues to clean even the parts of us that we consider most unworthy of his gaze, the less lovely parts we'd prefer to hide away under layers of shoes and their best selves. But God who sends light into the impenetrable darkness of the world is certainly not daunted by our small, stinky brokenness. And love is the best answer to every hurting, stinking thing in the world. It's God's answer, and therefore it should be our answer. So friends, take your shoes off to reveal the most stinkiest, inky parts of yourself to God, because I promise, God already knows all about it. What you need to know today is that God has already washed it up for you. You're in the same foot line washing feet that Judas is in. You're known, you're loved, you're whole, because you belong entirely to God. Yep, we've got some foot washing to do in the world. We've got to wash Judas' feet alongside of Peter's feet because love is the best answer to every hurting, stinky thing in the whole world. And I know, people of God at Shepherd of the Hills, that you are armed with a truckload of God's love because I've seen you wash feet in the world. Now don't be afraid to let God wash yours too. Amen.
please rise. Let us pray for the whole creation of God and for all those according to their needs. Lord, you have always protected the vulnerable and stood for the voiceless. And in so doing, you have truly shown us what it means to offer ourselves for the sake of another. Strip us of our pretension, hesitation, resistance, and pride to follow your example. May we follow your word in a right spirit so that all people may know you and your blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. During this contemplative season of Lent, we ponder how much you gave up on our behalf. Sometimes we are moved, awed, or shocked by what you are willing to do for those whom you love. Keep our eyes on you throughout these 40 days and uplift us when the journey becomes difficult. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We turn to you still in our lowest moments, in times of need, and when we long to be made whole. Pour out the full measure of your healing upon each of us, and especially upon those in our community that we pray for, including Daryl, Diane, Deborah, Michael, Margie, Betty, Emma, Sherry, Dan, Carmela, Bruce, Linda, Allison, Chelsea, Margaret, <coughs> Johanna, Betsy, Pamela, Rosemary. We also lift up Beulah, Connor, Kathy, Maddie, Mary, Kamla, Nancy, Dean, and Jeff. And our special prayers for our homebound, Dorothy and Al. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up those in the Ukraine facing violence, fear, and evil. God, fight for peace and the protection of all people especially those who have been separated from loved ones and those still trying to evacuate to safer locations. Surround the leaders and the decision-making with your peace and let it lead to the laying down of weapons. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now I open it up to you. Any petitions you have, any prayers on your heart, please speak them aloud, loudly and clearly so that I can repeat them back and we can pray together. If you are on Zoom, please feel free to enter your prayers into the chat, and we will pray for them um, at staff later, because I don't have my computer here. Austin Smith, long-term healing from a traumatic brain injury. For Austin Smith, for his long-term healing of his traumatic brain injury. For Steve Hansen, who is again recovering from esophageal cancer. For Steve Hansen, who is recovering from esophageal cancer again. For Pat, Pat Schwartz, as he battles cancer. For Pat Schwartz, as he battles cancer.
For these and all the prayers on our hearts, we say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, accept our prayers for all that we do not yet understand and hold us in your steadfast embrace whenever we stumble. Hear us for the sake of Jesus, our servant and Lord. Amen. We invite you to share the peace today with each other in a COVID-friendly manner. Please do not leave out our worshipers on Zoom. So if you could turn to the Zoom camera and give them a sign of peace or a wave. Um, And so share the peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And also with you. Join me in our offertory prayer found in your bulletin. God of all creation, bless our offering that it may reach those who hunger, who hurt, who seek new hope. With these gifts, we offer our whole lives to you and pray that you would renew us as we follow Christ, 
seeking shalom for all creation. A couple of announcements today. Not that many, actually. We are in Lent right now. If you, if you didn't know, we, had, we started with Ash Wednesday a week and a half ago. We gather during Lent on Wednesday nights to worship together here in the sanctuary or on Zoom at 6.30 for the next few weeks. Uh, so please join us. Uh, we had women's breakfast yesterday, and I believe it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, we have, um, these are a little bit outdated announcements in your, in, your, in your book here. This Wednesday, if you've never come to Bible study at 10 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, give it a shot. We have a really good time. We have wonderful conversation and great fellowship. So please join us on Wednesday morning at 10 if you can. And we have our book club tonight. Um, if you've been reading the Think Again by Adam Grant, uh, it's wonderful. Um, Pastor Scott's been raving about it for months, actually. So, uh, Kay, do you want to add anything about that? Okay, if you plan to attend, talk to Kay or check in with Kay uh, ASAP. ASAP, I think. Anything else, Kay or Pastor Sherry or Pastor Scott? Uh, just a note about the Wednesday night, the liturgy that we're going to be using was part of our Augsburg Riverside Innovation Hub grant that we received way back in the before times. Uh, and so it's a brand new liturgy. It was commissioned for us. Uh, its aim and target was young adults. Uh, so it's some new music and uh, new words written by Pastor Maida Carlson, who is a fabulous young pastor and amazing poet. And the music was written by John Hermanson, who is part of a group called uh, Story Hill. Uh, sort of very folkish music. So hope you'll join us on Wednesday night. It's the outcome of one of those opportunities that we got through the Augsburg Riverside Innovation Hub grant. So hope to see you on Wednesdays at 6.30. Pastor Ann, can I make a note of celebration? Yes. Tomorrow, Norma Langhau turns 95 years old. Please keep her in your, her in your thoughts and celebration. Wonderful, wonderful. And if we're on birthdays, we have Mary Zarn's birthday next week, too. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Happy Thank you, Emily. Now receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and bring you peace. Amen.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.